This is the Daily Dispatch podcast with your business correspondent, Ted Keenan. Today, Dispatch Live is talking to... Um, Yoli Balfo from Inyosikol, a mother, a wife, a grandmother, and a, a daughter of the Eastern Cape soil. And you're not originally an Eastern Cape lady, are you? Born in, uh, in KZN, uh, but followed uh, the love of my life to the Eastern Cape. So I am a fully naturalized Eastern Cape daughter. 2007, there was a headline article that uh, Eastern Cape women are digging for coal. How did that originate? Wow. <laughs> That's 15 years ago uh, when we did a deal with Anglo-American Coal South Africa at that time. A, a consortium called Inyosi Coal, which uh, I was a chairperson, I'm still a chairperson of then, did a deal to be a big partner with uh, Anglo Coal. We created a new company called Anglo-American Inyosi Coal, uh, which was worth that $7 billion. Anglo Coal was 73% and Inyosi Coal 27%. So the journey began in 2007, and it made headlines. And uh, we then uh, transited with uh, Anglo till this day when we have done this deal, where we have flipped our shares, which we are holding at Anglo-American in, in your school, to Tungela, the state company. The, the deal is quite complicated, but you have a wonderful way of simplifying things. Could you simplify that deal for us, please? In that deal, Inyosi held 27% and Anglo Coal had 73%. Anglo Coal, as we all know, exited the coal uh, sector and that 73% was taken over in a form of a demeasure by Tungela. Tungela, which is a listed entity. But we continued as Inyosi uh, holding the 27% in the Anglo-American Inyosi Coal, which is a private entity. We then, the recent deal which has been in the news and which we have recently done, is that that 27% which is held in a private entity, Anglo-American Inyosi Coal, has been exchanged, has been swapped or shares in Tungela. And we sold our 27% to Tungela in exchange of 4,177 ordinary shares in Tugela, the state entity. How does Lutembo Investments tie back into this? I'm a founder of Lutembo Investment, a company which was founded in 2000, a, mainly a, by women who were fuel retailers. A, at that time of Pumzilem Lambongoga as a minister of minerals and energy, there was a fuel charter which was signed with the oil industry which uh, ensured that a uh, 25% of the liquid fuel industry uh, is given to black economic empowerment. Uh, as the black uh, women in the fuel sector we gathered together and uh, we, uh, 30 women all together at that time and then we formed a company uh, called Litemba Investment where we then pursued that we do not want to be in the retail sector only, but we want to participate in the whole value chain of the fuel sector. Then we started the journey and we ended up partnered with Caltech South Africa, which has now changed to Astron. 
And you were the chairman of Astron Eastern Cape or I was, national? I was the chairperson and the founder of Letemba Investment. Yeah. And I sat on the board of Chevron uh, South Africa then for, for the initial eight years. And the talk of 30,000 members, where would that come in? So as we transgressed and we started to get into investment as a Letemba Investment, we then looked for other investment to make our company sustainable and uh, to take advantage of the opportunities that were opened by the Black Economic Empowerment at that time. We then formed this new company, which is Inyosi, and we partnered with other partners. As you know, Inyosi has got four shareholders, which is uh, Ndonsa, uh, which is where the stable which we came, I come from, and then Pamozi, WDP, and the community. Uh, in that, we have a, a lot of broad-based groupings. We've got Girl Guides, we've got WUSA, we've got Dagalani, we've, uh, and altogether, the membership in that consortium is more than 30,000. And have small businesses flowed from that with your members? We have, uh, in our deal with uh, Anglo Coal, negotiated that we participate in the value chain. As a consequence, we agreed that there are some services which we and our shareholders can render to Anglo Coal. A, in the, a new company was formed called Uju, and a, as you know, Inyosi is a bee, Uju is honey. So that company is the company which is now doing small business in terms of rendering services like facilities management, community development, enterprise development, and we intend to grow that company into a flagship company. Before we started recording, you were talking about a company that had just acquired a contract to move uh, books around, and you were saying what, while you heartily applaud that, it would be lovely to be able to go upriver and upstream and downstream to start printing the books themselves. Is that, is that where you see business going? That's where I... I think the business should go. Uh, when we started um, as children, we grew up um, knowing the shop retailer at the corner shop, uh, and then uh, that was the most exposure we had in terms of business. And then as we grew, and 1994 came with our democracy, there were lots of changes and lots of which opened our minds and opened opportunities. But uh, we still became the BE partners, the 5% holders. We still became on the fringes of the economy. The vision which I foresee and which I hope uh, will manifest for our country is for us to be at the source, for us to be the industrialists, for us to be the manufacturers, for us to be the ones who are supplying rather than the buyers. So when I made an example about people supplying books to the, to, the, to the school because they got a tender to supply books to the school, much that is very good and is good business, but my vision and my hope is that I would like to see them being the manufacturers or the publishers of those books and they supply them straight to government rather than the middlemen. Is there any fundamental change that, that could make that happen? Yes, I think there is a fun, the first change which must happen is must be in the mindset. You know, once we, we never thought we would be 
sitting in the boardrooms with the Anglos of this world, and uh, we never thought we'd do investments because we never knew anybody would do an investment. But once those opportunities came, uh, we changed our mindset and we saw the opportunity. So my one reason also which I agreed to do the podcast is that if one person can be encouraged by listening to the podcast and she's uh, open and she's exposed that investments, big business, dreaming big, thinking big is a possibility, I think that's the first change that must happen. It happens in the mind and then, then you pursue what your mind has envisaged. While we haven't discussed this, do you see opportunities in the franchise-type businesses? Certainly from a fuel side? I would say franchise is a very secured way of starting any business because franchise guide you, franchise has got standards, and franchise do their research very well. So it's a way, very good way of a guided business. So there are opportunities, and if people are in that line or they want to do that or it's their passion to be operators, I think starting in a, in a franchise is a very secured and a, a guided way to start any business. In the future, we can see the franchisor being the black people who are the franchisor and rolling out franchises throughout the country rather than we being the franchises. So there's a, an element of brand building in that. To build brands and become the franchisor, you need financial backing. Is that financial backing available now? Is it easier to get than it, than it was a couple of years ago? Wow, that's the elephant in the room. <laughs> and it has been an elephant in the room for, for quite some time, yeah. which has not been resolved. And that's the most handicap which is there for most people to get into business. Many people have got ideas. Many people have dreams. But the funding and the access to finance become the handicap, which, and it becomes the challenge which uh, kill the dream and which kill the... But having said that, I don't think people should give up. They should try, especially when you talk about franchise. I think the financiers and the commercial banks and the, even the development banks are more than willing to fund a, a viable franchises rather than other businesses which are not franchises. So the franchises uh, even secure a much more fundable manner. Petrol flows through your blood. You've been doing it for quite a while now. What's going to happen if the fuel stations decide to go very self-service? Does that create a big problem for your organisation? Petrol, energy, coal uh, is energy. Uh, it's a core need of any society. Uh, people need energy. Uh, and in South Africa, we come in a country which still needs employment. So us having petrol attendance, uh, uh, we supply a very big need for our country. But should it, in, in, in the future, that migrates to more electric cars and uh, self-service, uh, I think the petrol will still remain relevant because uh, people still need to move. Uh, energy will remain more relevant because people still need to move. So what we foresee is that the service stations are changing to mini complexes. They are becoming energy centers. They are becoming a, a convenience centers where you get everything. 
So the energy part of it becomes part of the complex. So having a service station or will not um, disappear because of electric cars coming to play or petrol attendance not being there. It's not going to happen now with our country's state. Uh, it will happen in the future, but it will remain relevant because or they've been, they are being changed into be a center of convenience where energy becomes the integral uh, supplier and the integral commodity that is being supplied in that center. Do you foresee a fight to, to, to who's going to uh, gain the um, ability on a national grid basis to supply electric cars? Will we see electricity being dispersed, not through a Bowser, obviously, but at a fuel station? Yes, it's already happening, um, and we're being prepared for it uh, in, in our service station, and the oil companies are preparing uh, their franchises, uh, that that's the future, and we should uh, accommodate the future. And it is a future that embraces a cleaner environment. It is a future which we must embrace as well. But in South Africa, it's going to take time to transition to that, uh, So, and it will need... Um, Capacity, it will need some skill, uh, uh, training uh, to, 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 to reach into, into, that, into those levels, but mostly it will also need to protect the employment of, of currently which the service station provides. You mentioned the elephant in a room. There's another one hiding behind the corner there, and that's coal. What is, what is your take on what's going to happen with coal? We can't just pour cement down the mines. Coal will be in South Africans' future for some time. What's your prognosis? <laughs> I actually looked at the <laughs> elephant in the room. <laughs> coal, the biggest elephant which is being taken out. And I'm surprised, just last week, UK was opening one of its coal mines. Yes, uh, over, uh, Germany uh, too. And Germany too. And everybody's talking about coal. Yes, um, coal, uh, we, it's not a doubt a, we need to transition to a greener energy. Yeah. We need a, a more cleaner environment. That's not a doubt. It's something which I totally embrace. But when you look at our circumstances here in South Africa, we are in a country where coal is in abundance, source of energy. We are in a country where coal is one of the cheapest source of energy which feed our, into our grid for the power. We are in a country where coal sector is one of the major contributors to our country GDP. We are in a country where coal sector is also one of the biggest employers in South Africa. If the coal sector can close, I can't imagine what will happen in Pumalanga, just in Pumalanga alone. Yeah. So we should take all that into consideration. So I also, like we, I said on the service station, where we are migrating and we are making our service station a center of convenience, even with coal. We are in a country where we still need the commodity because it makes sure that most people afford it because it's abundant. Uh, but at the same time, we must take care of the environment. So there must be a transition from coal to greener energy. But that must happen, taking care of all those uh, factors which I've taken, uh, affording the cheaper energy, uh, protecting the employment, but mostly 
also capacitating uh, the, the, the population, uh, capacitating the people of the skills needed to execute greener energy. If we were sitting here in, say, 10 years' time, is it possible that coal can be scrubbed somehow and it becomes not a clean source of energy but a much cleaner source of energy? That would take a lot of pressure off the country. Is, is that a possibility? There are various matters which have been investigated, even not taking the coal out but extracting the coal the energy whilst the coal is underground. But all of them, they are capital intensive and they need the skill uh, which uh, I'm talking about, which we, we need to capacitate because we don't need to uh, import all of that skill. We need to, our children need to be talking about LPG, LNG uh, already in the schools. They're being taught about the green energy and I don't see that happening uh, so that we are capacitated to do that. So I think it is possible, but it needs skill development and it will also need that we are in a country where the economy has improved and it is such that it is accessible to most people of our country. So your business is very closely linked to energy across many fronts. What about green energy? Green energy is a must. It's a mix, hydrogen, Gas, a, a, a wind, a, it is it is is a necessity. As we are talking, we are talking where we have got ESCOM challenges, which everybody is aware of, and I think we need to develop other capacities to help our grid in South Africa. So the green energy being one of them, so that we take care of our, of our environment. So it is something we have to embrace, but it has got to transition to it. But more than anything for me, they've got to be awareness, which is done, and also skill development, which takes place in, in order for our people to take advantages of being in the front line in developing those capacities which fit into our country. So that, again, we are not spectators and we look at people doing the green energy and supplying to our grid, but we as South Africans who are in the forefront of doing that. Are your, is your consortium invested at all in the green energy at the moment, or are you still looking? What has happened is that because of the flip, where we have flipped our shares from a private health entity into together, and uh, when we did that, uh, our shares we were net of debt, we don't have any debt anymore, mm. so it means we are sitting with shares which we can liquidify and uh, into cash anytime. It has enabled us uh, to be able to look at other opportunities. And uh, the green space is a space we cannot ignore. We are focused in the energy sector and we'll definitely look at the energy sector in the green, in the green, in the green space. And they get to say that now it's no longer a dream. It is something we can do because of the capacity we have, because of the, the, what the deal has done to enable the financial capacity. Is the group looking at all north up into Africa? Not yet. Uh, South Africa is still a home of opportunities, and we're still focused in, in, in South Africa. But it is something we can never write off. It is something 
uh, which I always say even COVID taught us that the world, uh, you don't have to go there physically to do any business. Business can be done virtually, so, and the world is a global village. So when we do business, we do it with internationals, we do it global, and it won't uh, uh, proceed us to take our business uh, offshore and into Africa. Last question. You have a family. You're a, a business tycoon almost. What's next <laughs> for Yolisa Balfour as a person? As a person, I'll still pursue business as uh, I have done before. And uh, I, my hope is that it inspires more people to do business. Uh, look into different sectors and mostly it inspires people to think big and do bigger business. Thank you for your time. You're probably going to inspire many, many more dispatch readers. <laughs> thank you for having me and thank you to the Dell Dispatch.